You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump. With me, as always, through thick and thin, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and I am sick. It finally hit me. Everybody I knew has been sick for like two months. I woke up. Well, I, I kind of fell asleep on my living room floor a little bit last night, which is not usually a good sign for how you're feeling. Uh, and then I woke up kind of feeling crappy. So this is going to be on the shorter side, but I, I don't think that there's a ton to talk about. You know, the Giants' playoff hopes have been completely eliminated. I believe they're currently uh, slated to pick fifth in the draft. Um, so that's kind of where we are. And I don't, I personally, I don't like doing draft stuff while the season is still ongoing. There's, there's bowl games. College players can get hurt. There's a combine. There's a lot that can still happen that will change the entire thing. You know, remember last year, Jalen Hyatt was a number one pick and, you know, whatever. And we don't know where we're drafting it either. I mean, let's... You know, let's see where we're drafting. Are we going to draft fifth? Are we going to draft tenth? Are we going to are we going to trade? We don't know any of these things yet. So, you know, let's talk about that when it's time to talk about it. There are topics that obviously are media influenced and you know being promoted a lot. We'll, we'll definitely give our opinions on these things, but uh, we're just playing out the string, unfortunately. And it's another year of giant football where you know we have meaningless games at the end of December. It sucks, but it's reality. I mean, it's it, there's only two weeks left. This happens to fifty percent of teams, you yeah. know, or or whatever, thirty percent. It's it's not it's an happened. uncommon thing. It just happens to us. It's a common thing. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not denying that, but I mean, it's it's like it. This isn't week ten. This is week right. seventeen. So right. it happens. We eliminated in week sixteen is not the worst thing we've ever done. And to be quite honest, you know, while this season was basically over seven weeks ago, there's been a lot to talk about about this team for the last month and a half. It's not been just. Well, let's just start thinking about the draft. I mean, we've had, you know, Tommy DeVito mania. We've had Coachgate. We've had all these different things happening, you know, that at least made it somewhat interesting to at least discuss this team, if not really focusing on a potential playoff run. Well, I mean, that's that's like recent stories. I would say the whole year had plenty of stories. I mean, like the the absolute collapse of Daniel Jones. uh, I would say Evan Neal's failure to to put a step forward. There were were plenty of really good stories this whole year. So this wasn't like a total waste. No, no, I'm I'm just talking about the time when the season was basically over and irrelevant. We, We had a lot to keep us occupied and interested in other than just what was on the field. Yeah. Uh, playing in the Rams again Sunday at home, um, New Year's Day. We I, have we played the Rams three times in the last five years or something. It feels like it, and it feels like every time we have, it's something where it's either right around holiday time or I couldn't go to the game. So uh, yeah, another one, another one where we're playing uh, our friends from the West Coast. We had and one, we won't be, and we won't be there again this no. time for the game either. Yeah. Well, at this point, I might not be anywhere on Sunday. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, we had one game at home a couple years back. I remember there was a guy sitting in front of me with a three-digit jersey on, a custom three-digit jersey. He told me it was his zip code, or sorry, his area code in LA. I was like, okay, that's still weird. Um, and you weren't at that one. That's right. I remember now. You were not at that one. Then we had the game at SoFi. Uh, that was last year, right? 
Yeah, that, that game, I remember that game. I was in St. Louis coming back from a miserable Gator loss, which is another recurring theme of my life. But yeah, I, I specifically remember those. Yeah, watching these games on in airports and or planes and being ready just to turn it off and move on with my life. Just weird. Um, but I mean, that's kind of the way the NFL schedule happens. Um, most yeah. interesting thing for me is uh, you can really get a sense of where these two teams are at by looking at the injury report. Right, so the Rams have two guys in the injury report. They're eight and seven and in second place in the NFC West. The Giants are officially out, and all of a sudden, the injury report has a lot of very key players that were limited. Saquon Barkley, uh, you know what I mean. It, it, the The injury list has always been long. You know, we've complained about that. I think every year for like a billion years. But I think it, it, it's less about the length, and it's the people. Like all of a sudden, Wandale's got a quad injury. JMS has a shoulder injury. A Dory has an ankle injury? When did that happen? Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I find that Saquon has an elbow thing. Uh, and I'm not saying that these injuries didn't exist. I'm saying they, if, if they were limited in practice last week, I missed it. Yeah. And I guess I think if we're thinking about the long-term future of this team, if these guys are not 100% and everybody gets banged up late in the year, I guess the cadences you have to put it on a report, but all of a sudden they just don't play or – play very limited you know snaps in an actual game so it just doesn't surprise me at all it just has to be more there's more sunshine that's kind of shown on this now with with these reports you know for gambling purposes and and whatnot right um i i I think it's just the clearest indicator of where these two teams are at in week 17 like the rams clearly have a shot um the giants clearly don't and both teams seem Mm -hmm. to know it um yeah I guess the interesting this week is that Brian Dable is rolling with Tyrod Taylor this week instead of Tommy DeVito. I personally don't find this very interesting. Um, I I think that I've been very even keel and steady with my analysis of Tommy DeVito. And while Jordan Renan may say Tyrod Taylor will not be here next year, it doesn't really make a ton of sense to play him. Tommy DeVito most likely will, if for no other reason other than he's cheap and he has already started a relationship with the coach and knows the system. So it makes more sense to play Tommy DeVito. But I think at a certain point, there is only... Like, he didn't belong on an NFL field for a regular season game this year at all. And I think that they had to do it. They worked around it. They made things work. But there was always going to be a point where it's like, he needs a lot of time before he'll be effective. He's going to hit a wall. And they hit Mm -hmm. it. Like, he cannot do... He can do each thing individually with moving the pocket, keeping eyes downfield, and delivering throws. He can't do all three very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So when things break down, he falls apart. He's probably been co- – it's really hard to tell what he can and can't do also because we don't know what he's being told and we don't know what's being schemed. Um, so it, it appears that last week and other weeks when there's been pressure on the quarterback or there's been fear of a pass rush, the game plan was a lot of checkdowns and a lot of running. Um the Green Bay game is the exception because there was no pass rush. They were comfortable with him throwing down the field. So it's not an ability thing. It's just a time thing. I don't think it makes any sense to play Tommy DeVito this week. I, I really don't. I think that he will get likely get hurt. The, 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 the only argument I can make is the same argument I made weeks ago, which is Tyrod Taylor is more useful off the bench than Tommy DeVito is. And if you're at all worried that Tyrod's going to get hurt, then you should go with Tom. But it's been weeks, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this subject, actually. Um, 
you know, if you just look for it on the surface, if you are going to take potentially seven weeks to, to see, quote unquote, what you have in a guy who might someday be your backup quarterback, that seems extremely excessive to me. And I think the only reason Tommy DeVito was playing as long as he did was because they actually were winning games, which not really was directly result of him. I think we played some very poor teams. I think we got, you know, caught some breaks. I think the Green Bay um, defensive scheme was one that allowed Tommy DeVito to be more successful than if other, you know, coordinators might have, you know, schemed schematically, you know, handled themselves against him. But I, I think that if, you know, let's say we had lost two of those three games, I think the switch would have happened a lot sooner. I think he kind of stayed with it's it's hard to justify against your fans. I'm going to bench this guy when they're actually kind of winning. A lot of fans are simpletons and they just see wins and losses. And that's all they care about. But I really think the reason why this is happening now, I think it's deeper than that. I don't think it's a question necessarily of trying to win games. I think this is a message to a that locker room to say, you know, something the best player is going to play. The best team is going to go out there to play. We are going to try to win that way. But I really think this is also a message to Wink Martindale and the coaching staff. Um, We we covered in the last episode about, you know, the comments that Wink made. And I almost think this is sort of an olive branch to to Wink from Dable. Um, You know, whatever their, you know, personal feelings are from each other. Wink Martindale is a very good defensive coordinator and Wink Martindale not being on this team next year. If it's because of personality conflicts makes this team weaker. Now we don't know who they're going to, who they would hire after the fact, but I think that Dable realizes that, you know, the best chance to, if not necessarily win, but have the offense carry their weight more is with Tyrod Taylor so I, I think that's a message to him that I'm going to go with the guys I think that are the best suited for right now. You know, OK, we've seen Tommy DeVito for several weeks. We kind of we have a nice feel of what he is at this point. It may be better in his development than if he sits a little bit and just kind of absorbs things. I mean, that that's all future stuff. And, and, and again, we're talking about a future backup quarterback. In the grand scheme of things, not that big of a deal, honestly. So I think this is something a little bit of a, you know, again, like an olive branch to to Wink Martindale that, you know, I want this to kind of work out. And we'll see. I, but that's, I think, the bigger reason for this. Not that they want to win these last two games. I think Wink Martindale on this team in 2024 is more important than if this team drafts fifth or seventh, at my personal opinion. I'm going to hit you with three things here because you said a lot of really good stuff. And I, I think I agree with you. Um, okay. Let's see. Well, the order in which I want to do these. I'll start with the last thing you just said. Wink Martindale being here next year is uh, incredibly valuable. I, I I mean, that's a duh, right? So this this nonstop story. No, no, no. I agree with you. But I don't I, – let's, let's recap a little bit here. Actually, I don't want to start with that. Do I? Yeah, let's do it. All right, all right. This is, this is what's driving me crazy about the Wink and Dable thing. Wink and Dable – according to accounts, ha- just personally don't seem to like each other, and that's not new. It's not new to 2023 even. They, w- This was speculated last year, 
And it's funny because at the end of the, I mean, throughout the regular season, when you win games, you see the two of them hug a lot. They like to high five and hug when they win. And so they they clearly are, they may not get along. Let me tell you something. My real job, I don't get along with like 50% of the staff. It doesn't matter. I have a job and we do it and we're professional with each other. And so we're cordial and it's normal. Yeah, and, you're, and, you're, and you're professional too. Like if something goes well, and especially in a results-oriented thing like that, you're gonna a hug does not mean I love you, man. It's like, no good job. It's an acknowledgement of a good job. Yeah, it's an emotional way to say good job in that moment. Yeah. Right, right. So it's funny that this is a weekly story when we hear other people, like other coaches and other players, like Matt Stafford, for example, say on a podium. Which, by the way, everything they say at the podium is like. They're pretty much sucking somebody's dick. Like, it's, they are just, it's all fluff. It's all, you know, they're just giving out praise because that's just kind of what we've established as the culture for this, you know, requirement of players and coaches, right? Mm -hmm. We hear this every single week that Wink Martindale is going to be a challenge. We knew this when we hired him, it's why we wanted him. This isn't new. We don't need to hear this every week. It's not surprising to me that we didn't hear this shit every single week from our beat. Week one, week two, week three. We didn't hear any of this shit. We didn't hear this shit really last year. Not on a weekly basis anyway. Yeah, they, they, there's certain reporters like, you know, Pat Leonard is one. Uh, Ryan Dunleavy is another. They like to report like literally every line from like press conference things. So yeah, fine. They always do that. Okay. But the retweets from every other beat reporter... Being like, yeah, I'm hearing this a lot. Yeah, I'm here. Like, we've all been hearing this a lot. We know. Don't act like we don't know what you're doing. You are intentionally continuing to drive this wedge between the two coaches. That's my... If that's not the case, I would be very surprised. Because I don't understand why we didn't have this constant nagging about how great of a defensive coordinator Wink Martindale is. And then, you know, retweeted by every member of the beat. We know. Okay, and we know what your angle is. So enough with your. It's tough to play in New York because the people. It's because you don't shut up about the exact same thing every single day, as if it can change. As if it can change. So this brings me to the next portion of this, right? You think this is an olive branch to wink, and I agree. I think that. I mean, aside from the fact that I do think you hit a wall with Tommy DeVito, and I'll get to that in a second. This olive branch is less about winning the game and more about having sustained drives so the defense doesn't have to deal with... This is my opinion. The defense doesn't have to deal with a nonstop three and out, three and out, three and out. They have to keep going out there and playing 50 minutes on the field. And that's what I was alluding to before. I said not necessarily winning the game, but kind of carrying their weight. And that includes, you're right, giving the defense some breathing room, you know, changing field position. You know, it's tough when a defense is constantly, you know... You know, on our side of the field, trying to defend things. So yeah, that that's what I was alluding to as well. Yeah, and, and then the the final thing here with Tommy DeVito, like I said, there's they've been able to scheme around his deficiencies to get through what they had to get through. They rolled with him when Tyrod was available and got I don't want to say lucky. Maybe they knew. Maybe they knew the Packers were going to ease up. On defense, they weren't going to pressure him because it's just not really what Joe Barry does. I have no idea, but it's I I do want to throw some credit to the coaches. They do game plan every single week with a lot of deficiencies, right? Like I said, it's not going to get better. <laughs> they 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 have what they have right now, and if it were because they benched Daniel Jones because he's no good, you could blame the offensive staff all you want. But that's not what happened. 
Too many really important players got hurt to the point where this season is just over. It just is. And it was cool when we hung around, but you and I knew we weren't going to win out. We're going to beat Philly twice, Tyrod or Tommy DeVito. And I know we came close last week and whatever. Do not forget that the Eagles were losing that game, not us winning it. Um, And yes, any given Sunday, and if they did lose that game, and if, 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 I, I just didn't, I don't believe it. It would have been cool. But it wasn't going to get better. And when they couldn't game plan around him anymore, when they had to bench him, that's the situation that they're in for Week 17 and Week 18. It doesn't make sense. You're not developing Tommy DeVito by throwing him in the fire. He doesn't need to be in the fire anymore. Don't try to do it that way. He needs time to just run a practice. Give him a summer. Let him work on his mechanics. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. This is not going to help his development. I yeah, think it actually could be detrimental to his development. Right, because remember, when you're going through practice, you know, the limited amount of practice they have during game week, game week is spent preparing for the next opponent. We are not working on footwork. We are not working on decision-making. We are like, okay, this defense is going to do this. Their, 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 their strong side linebacker will be here. They'll do this. This is how we need to attack this. We're not worrying about fundamentals or getting you up to speed to be a professional quarterback. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, and last thing I, I think I really have on the Wink and Dable thing, and I might have said this already, but I think the, the key point here is at the end of last year, they, they personally didn't like each other. That was already known, at least to some people. Um, and yet they spent their first-round draft pick on defense – they went out and they grabbed Bobby O'Karake for this defense. They went and they got very specific Wink Martindale pieces for this defense. And, you know, obviously he was the coach. Of course you would do that. But they gave him the first overall. I mean, they could have went a lot of different ways with that first pick. They didn't need to get Deontay Banks. There were arguments that it could have been a bunch of other people. So they prioritized what Wink had. And they, they already didn't like each other. To me... I, I do think that there's probably some coaching disagreements between Wink and Dayball. I also think that at a certain point, once the season started, they had passed a certain point of no return. Do you agree with that? Like, there was no fixing the fact that they had not prioritized O-line depth. Too late yeah. for that. You're not going to sign someone week one that's going to come in there and replace Andrew Thomas. You know what I mean? Evan Neal not progressing. You don't have a backup. You have nothing but Matt Parrott. That wasn't going to help. You know what I mean? Like, I do think that there's a certain percentage that was just, once the season starts, we're rolling. And if something happens, we're screwed. And and a worst case scenario happened on health and ineffectiveness and everything else. Yeah. I, I know that this has already been mentioned, but I do think that... I think that Winks displeasures will probably be assuaged by like getting rid of people like the special teams coordinator that always puts the defense in a bad position um you know an offensive line coach that does not seem to develop offensive line talent at all um with the with i guess the exception of andrew thomas though i think he's just really good I think you might also see in this offseason some names that you wouldn't expect to be gone or maybe you do expect to be gone who play and if Wink is, you know, if we're trying, you know, Wink may just say, you know, enough of Xavier McKinney and his his comments or uh, enough of somebody who's a veteran on this team we think is safe. They may be gone. It's just like I, I 
I don't want to deal with these people anymore. And again, at some point, how long do you placate, placate, placate? I mean, he's only a defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, at some point, it's enough is enough, maybe. But I think you're still going to see some more. I think you're going to see one more opportunity this off season to try to make things right, where there can be a relationship where they can coexist, and Wink can do what he wants to do to, for him to be successful. So. Uh, you know, I'll be very curious on some of these moves we see in the offseason that might be head scratchers on the surface, but it might be going back to the, you know, make Wink happy. And make, maybe Wink's just the prima donna, too, that everything has to go his way or else he pouts and moans. I, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's possible, but I'm sure that there is far I, – I'm sure that we could do a two-hour episode if we had all the information of everything that goes into this story. And I don't think yeah. anyone on earth will ever get that other than the wives of those two guys. If that. Yeah. Um, I, the I agree. Line, the, the, but the bottom line is he could have been gone last year. He's still here. And we will find out very quickly if he'll be here in 2024. And if you don't hear that he's launched relatively quickly after this season is over – He's staying, and if he's staying, they're building around the defense that he wants. Those are – that's all we really can say for right now because everything else is just conjecture and we don't know. But now it's – you know we're, we're, we're a couple of weeks away from this season mercifully being over and moves being made for the future of this team that we can actually quantify and say this is what's happening. So what would your reaction be – like what is your thought process if Wink – uh, is let go at the end of the season. Let's let's just say that. Like, not gets another job, like, is let go. What is your initial reaction to that? Where does your brain go? My brain goes, I'd prefer not, but I guess if the situation requires that they, they've, if Dable felt that they had to get rid of him because of personality things, so be it. I'll wait and see who we replace him with before I'm like, oh, okay, you know, all right, we'll replace someone of similar success skill set type of defense he wants to run where it's like all right well the next guy comes in i can live with it if all of a sudden you know we have a, a hire comes in that's not exactly make me do cartwheels or something then i'll have a different opinion about it but i i tend to think he's going to be back next year i i i really do um i'd be a little like i'd be like maybe 51 percent surprised the 49 percent not surprised i agree um, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be back next year. I think that they have some grievances and, you know, that is what it is. But I think most of the, the worst of it, in my opinion, is the, like getting the media involved. And when was yeah. the last time that we saw that? Was that a couple weeks ago? The media thing about it? Uh... No, 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 no. Not the media reporting on it, but Wink speaking to the media and saying more than he should. Well, I guess through Pam Oliver just a few days ago. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, that was sort of a message to his team, and I'm not sure that he's incorrect. I, I mean, it, it frustrates me when the media reports on that because it's immediately picked up by everybody. It's like, well, the defense is clearly good. The offense sucks. He's right. Wink is good. It's like, hey, let's not forget that Wink also let them convert a third and 20, okay? Like, the, uh. the defense has been very good, and I'm not complaining, but the defense has not been superstar elite making no mistakes week after week only to be let down the offense. That's not true. 
it's also kind of sucked in the games against really good offenses too this year. I mean, that's true. There've been less very good teams this year, but when they did play the Dallas's and the Phillies and uh, the Niners, the Niners game, they were hanging around defensively for like a quarter and a half. But that game from the start, the tackling was terrible. The Miami game. Miami game was awful. Like, uh, the offense actually kind of helped in that game. A little bit, yeah, but I mean, the defense was awful. I think at the time we felt better about it because that was like coming off of the 70-point game. Yeah. We thought that was an all-timer offense too. Yeah, and, yeah. and that but slowed still, down a little bit. But yeah, it wasn't very good. My, my, I don't even want to say that. I do think that it was good. I would say even very good. What I'm saying is that it was not perfect. It was not – it might be statistically in the top five. I think it's close, but they, let, they, they shit the bed against very good offenses. This is not the Baltimore Ravens of 2000 that were such a good defense. They needed the bare minimum on offense to be successful. This defense is not that good. So, and really, it's it's because it's still a work in progress. Like we talked about this, Aziz yeah, is never around, and when he this year when he's been there, he's not been that effective. There's no depth behind Aziz and Kayvon. Um, there's only two linebackers really on this roster. Let's be honest. We have, we have a rookie cornerback who's, who's you know. Doing his best. We have no slot cornerback that's None. in assault right now. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a reason this defense, and it's not entirely Wink's fault. Uh, I, I'm not trying no. to, I'm not trying to throw, I'm not, Here, here's what I'm trying to, I, I guess I've been trying to say this, and I don't know why I didn't just say this. I'm not trying to pick sides. They're both great coaches. They just don't get along. That's where I'm at. Yeah, and I, I think, I think it's, all of this might be just as simple as that, and just, you know, we've all of a sudden become Skip Bayless uh, projecting what we think is going to happen in root cause. It's just they don't like each other. And you know something? It's okay. It's it's happened in, throughout history in sports, in politics, in families, everything. We all learn to work together. We all have a – everybody has a common goal. This team's goal is to win the Super Bowl. You know, they're not going into each other's house for Thanksgiving. They're not sending love letters. No, it's just they have it. They they clock it in the morning. They do their job and then they leave. Fine. It it is not the first coaching duo to not get along in the history of the NFL. Remember who? What was the fight? Was it Buddy uh, Ryan punched Kevin Gilbride? Gilbride, exactly. (laughs) Um. All right. Predictions for this game. The Rams have everything to play for. Um. I do think that starting Tyrod and and the offense being able to sustain drives can make this game close. The biggest thing for me is that Aaron Donald. <laughs> uh, Aaron Donald is like, it, it, yeah. I mean, honestly, if if we were to make a what is he like a sledgehammer and our interior offensive line is paper. You know what I mean? Like it's it couldn't be a worse best weapon to biggest weakness. Uh, than that. Uh, and, and Tyrod, when he escapes the pocket, in my opinion, is not great. Uh, yes, he, he will take what's given, but he also takes a lot of unnecessary risks, uh, and that can be bad. And that often leads to turnovers, too. Does not hold on to the ball. It drives me crazy. He recovers a lot of his own fumbles, but shit. Um, yeah. I think this game is a mess, uh, and I think we lose something like 28-17. I think you're going to have a half-empty Meadowlands, because remember, it's also New Year's Eve, now, Grump and I won't be there. You know, Again, we have tickets available. If you're interested, let it contact either one of us. Now, now that we sold, what a great experience it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't it sound great? Um, I, I, I kind of agree with you, too. I think this is just playing out the string. I think as a credit to Dable, Kafka, 
uh, Martindale, the entire coaching staff, they will still play hard. It's not a team that's just going to roll over and die. Um, I just – we have nothing to play for. It's kind of like being a fan. It's like – why am I watching this? There may be a little bit of a, why am I playing this thing? So while I think they will, they won't quit. I think there'll be some lackadaisical play. I don't think we win this game. I, I let's say, uh, I don't know. I'll throw numbers out there. Uh, 21, 13, we lose. Wow. Only 21 points. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I just don't – Philly to me is a team that is not nearly as good as they were last year, but I think internally they might think so, and I think they thought they had like an easy game against us, and they did, but then after halftime they let shit slip up. I don't think the Rams are the same team. I think the Rams are truly desperate. I think they truly understand what is on the line here. I think Sean McVay – I don't want to say Sean McVay is a better coach than Nick Sirianni because clearly Nick Sirianni is not shitty. However, one of them won a Super Bowl and one of them did not. So Sean McVay is a better coach. I think he'll be more prepared. We'll see how it goes. But I don't feel I, – I, I don't think we'll see the same kind of collapse from the Rams. Yeah, I also – one of my axioms always is desperate doesn't make you better. <laughs> it's a, you, don't, you don't play better because you're desperate or you know, you're playing with sense of urgency. So uh, I think you are what you are. So that's why I think this will be closer than – than we think it might be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to toot my horn just a little bit because we made these bold predictions before the season started on our roundtable show. One was the Cowboys would not make the playoffs, which that was bad. The other prediction was that Russell Wilson would get benched this year and Trevor, and Trevor Simeon would take over. And guess what happened? This week, him and his huge contract, his ridiculous contract, will be riding the pine this year. So I want to do a little pat on the back for myself for that one. That was a pretty crazy. I mean, people were like, "Oh, we're doing the show." I think Bobby just were like, "What?" I was like that for sure. I thought that was pretty wild. Um, but I think it's mainly just like, why would Sean Payton go there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why? Why would any of this happen? And I would say that at the beginning of the year, it was closer to actually happening. I think the real shock is how late it happened. I don't really understand the point of it now. I'm not. I don't really care about the Broncos at all. So whatever. But yeah, it it, it seemed like odd timing. It's just like now you're gonna make the move, and I don't know. I, you know, they he's got a monster, monster, monster cap hit. You know, if they they tried to launch him after this year, and again, not our problem, but just every once in a while, the uh, the cranky fan is right on something. Uh, we're right all the time. That's right. Everyone else just doesn't understand it. Yes. It just takes longer for the results to come out or for people <laughs> to forget we said something stupid. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. I apologize for it being short. I am sick. Uh, if this were going to be more of a game, I would have toughed it out, but I would rather just get better. So Our, our last show of the year, Grump. Uh, you know, no, it's not. Everybody. What do you mean? Oh, of the year? Of the calendar year? Of oh, the calendar year. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the game is New Year's Eve. It'll be New Year's Day. And wanted to thank everybody, every all you loyal listeners and watchers. I mean, I can't believe anybody actually listens or watches this show, but you guys apparently do, and we really appreciate it. And uh, we're looking forward to next year of making the show bigger and better and more exciting things. So I just want to you know, thank everybody for, for takes the time to listen to us each week. 
Yeah, I want to thank all of you for for listening and watching. Uh, lots of really great comments that we've gotten on the show. Dom C, who's a Jets fan too, um, went ahead and, and said that we were one of the best sports or football podcasts, um, which is which is a huge compliment. Because I, yeah. honestly, I think we just get up here and we talk. Like I have yeah. bullet points, but this is mostly just you and I shooting shit. At the end of the day, these are two cousins who just love the Giants and love talking to each other, and we just took what we do on text and we just for you guys to listen to and we've made some great friends from this um some other podcasters uh listeners uh, tailgate friends and it's been really great so we, we just uh we're really happy to do this and hopefully look forward to doing this for a long time and we will see you all on uh monday morning to uh tuesday morning right january 2nd yeah yeah i don't think we're gonna be doing this we're recording uh <laughs> sunday night tuesday. no no no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. um So we will see you all Tuesday morning on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course YouTube. So stay tuned and subscribe there so we can see you also. Until then, go Giants. Giants.